Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for taking a few moments to take a look at the book as we come together to study about the judgment seat of Christ. I have in my hand right now a five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Judgment Seat of Christ. It's a must-study because the judgment seat of Christ will take place immediately after the rapture of the church happens. As we leave this earth, we will go into the presence of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ. There are two promises, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, and Romans chapter 14, verse 10. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today, the promise of the judgment seat of Christ. The procedure of the judgment seat, the prize at the judgment seat, will be future studies. But right now, let's get into the book, the Word of God, and study about the promise of the judgment seat of Christ. As we have said, we're talking about the judgment seat of Christ. And what I do each day is for the purpose of helping us to understand the urgency of the moment I give you a prophetic perspective on the news, so let me do that. We'll take the first couple of moments, a prophetic perspective on the news. This is a short little prophecy concept that we can consider and understand the times in which we're living. In the news on the front page of the BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation website, which is the most looked at website any place in the world, uh, they had this headline, Barossi warns the members of the European Union not to try to unravel the treaty. What has happened in the last year, and this is 2007, it is the 50th anniversary of the signing of the treaty at Rome, or the Treaty of Rome, which was signed March the 25th, 1957. That was the treaty that established the European Union, uh, the European Common Market, and which ultimately became the European Union. It evolved over the years to what it is today. This is the 50th anniversary. They set in place a year-long celebration. Uh, the European Union has 27 member states, and they rotate the presidency among those 27 member states. And they'll have an opportunity to be responsible for the presidency of the European Union for a six-month period, from January to the end of June, from July 1st to the end of December. The first half of this year was the presidency, the temporary presidency, uh, was in the hands of Angela Merkel, who is the chancellor of Germany. Now, as of July 1st, uh, the president uh, of uh, either the president or prime minister, I forget which he is, of Portugal, Socrates, has become the temporary president of the European Union. Barossi, who is the head, the leader of the European Union Commission, which is really the leadership of the European Union. 27 member states, the commission is a smaller unit, and it is directing the European Union. At the first of the year, Angela Merkel announced that because of the problem with the European Union Constitution, you might remember that France and the Netherlands rejected it a couple of years ago, and so the European Union was in limbo as to coming together. But Angela Merkel set as a goal to, bring, to revive the Constitution or to come up with something that would replace it. 
And what they did over this first six months of 2007 is come up with the treaty. The treaty basically contains every basic element of the European Constitution. Just a week ago, they had a summit in Europe. All 27 member states were there. They agreed on the treaty. It's now a foregone conclusion. They will come to a ratification by each of the countries, not the people. There won't be a referendum, but it will be the legislatures of these countries, and their leadership has already decided it's going to go. And in 2009, uh, the European Union Treaty will go into effect. What it calls for is a super state, the European Union. 27 member states, over 450 million people. And then the, the treaty also calls for a leader to the super state, a powerful president that will be in position, that will set the direction foreign policy-wise, militarily, politically for the world and have a leadership position on the world stage like no other more powerful even than the President of the United States. That's what the treaty is calling for. If you know anything about prophecy, that is a page from the book of Daniel. Go to Daniel with me just for a moment. Daniel chapter 7. Let me remind you, Daniel chapter 7 is Daniel at about 70 years of age. Fifty years early, here he had interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Now at 70 years of age, still under the Babylonian Empire, Daniel, under the leadership actually of Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, Belshazzar, has a dream. God gives him a dream, and it's similar to the one that he had interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar. It lays out the Gentile world powers from the time that he is living in, under the Babylonian Empire, unto the time of the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, not, I'm going to take a shortcut. Please forgive me. I am not going to exegete the passage of Scripture. This is just a precursor to my study on the judgment seat of Christ. Let me give you some information. I have tapes, and I'll tell you about them at the end, in the back, if you'd like more study on this. But in his dream, he sees four beasts come up out of the sea. Again, please forgive my shortcut. The sea represents the Gentile world. And these four beasts come up out of the sea. In verse 4, it is a winged lion. Now, if you know anything about history, you know that is the symbol for the Babylonian people and the Babylonian empire. You're studying with Charlie Dyer about that. You should be aware of that. And so he's talking about the Babylonian Empire coming to power. In verse 5, he's talking about a second beast, a bear with three ribs in his mouth. I'm cheating, of course, taking a shortcut. That is the Medo-Persian Empire. Chapter 6, he is talking about a leopard. A leopard that has four heads and four wings coming to power very quickly. And this would be the Grecian Empire. Now, of course, we know that by the prophecies. And if I studied the prophecies before the fact, I could lay that information out very plainly for you. In fact, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to understand Bible prophecy. Chapter 2 tells us the Babylonian Empire was the first power. Chapter 8 names the Medo-Persians as the second empire and the Grecians as the third empire. 
So all you have to do is simply read the Word of God. You don't have to be a very smart individual. I teach prophecy. I'm not that smart. But I simply read what the Word of God says to us. Then he talks about an awesome beast. Look in verse 7. There's an awesome beast. And after this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and it devoured, and it brake in pieces, and it stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the other beasts which were before it. But notice the last phrase about this beast, and it had ten horns. Now we'll see, again, I'll show you how, if you simply read, you can interpret what the scriptures are saying. In verse 8, out of the ten horns we see something. I consider the horns, and behold, there came up from among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And so he now lays out for us this fourth beast, and in retrospect, Following the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, these great Gentile world empires, coming into existence was the Roman Empire, which was in existence at the time of Jesus Christ. The ten horns and the little horn out of those ten horns. Look here in verse 23. Gabriel is dispatched. He comes to Daniel. He's going to give him the interpretation. Verse 23, then he said unto me, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Now we know that the most powerful of all those Gentile world powers was the Roman Empire. They came to power, and they basically consumed the previous three empires under their leadership. They set up a a stability across the world like had never been in place. They had a common currency, which was the denarius. They had a common language, which was Koine Greek. They had an infrastructure, the Roman road system, which was unbelievable. They did all of that. Now notice what it says in verse 24, and the ten horns out of this kingdom, out of the... Roman Empire, out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, yet in the future there's going to be another kingdom represented by the ten horns, or the ten kings, or as Nebuchadnezzar was told when Daniel gave him his interpretation of his dream in chapter 2, ten toes of iron and clay. It's toes, or kingdoms, or horns, or whatever Entities, kings, or maybe, as the European Union Treaty calls for in this super state with a powerful president, ten regions upon which to administer this European Union. Ten regions. You can go to their official website, and it shows exactly how they will be set up. And a powerful president and a super state? If that's not what we see unfolding out of Bible prophecy, I don't know what else there would be. It is at least, forgetting the fact that I believe it's probably the absolute fulfillment 
of Daniel's prophecy, at least the infrastructure for that. The rapture will take place. The ten horns will show up. Oh, that little horn who subdues three of the ten, takes control, and as we would study Revelation chapters 13, 17, and 18, becomes the world ruler, the dictator, and is one of 27 names for the Antichrist who will come to power. And all of this unfolding as we speak. A good friend of mine, I have a weekly broadcast entitled Prophecy Today. It's an hour and a half live call-in talk program heard across America on a network of stations. If it's not in your area, you can go to my website and we have live streaming audio. It's on from 1 until 2.30 every Saturday. My website is prophecytoday.com. The live streaming audio is available for you. If you miss it and the time is not appropriate for you to listen, well then go to our website and go to PTRN, Prophecy Today Radio Network. There it's radio on demand. All of my interviews, and I interview usually five or six different men from different parts of the world about issues that are setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. And uh, you can go there and click on any of the interviews or the entire program, or you can get it in podcasting if you'd like to do that. One of my regular guests is a guy named Rob Congdon. I just received yesterday, he sent it over overnight to me, his brand new book, The European Union and the Supa Religion, setting the stage for the final act. This, now, of course, you know, I'm not saying that I agree 100% with what Rob says in here. You know what? Rob told me he doesn't agree 100% with what I say. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't agree 100% with what Judy thinks either, to tell you the truth. But this is jam-packed full of information you need to understand about the European Union and how it is. It says right here, setting the stage. uses terminology familiar. Setting the stage to the final act. It'll give you input that will blow you away. And what we are seeing unfold is really what is going to take place in the future. Let me show you one more verse and we'll get to our study on the, in, uh, on the judgment seat of Christ. Go to chapter 2. Chapter 2 is the interpretation. It's the dream. Daniel, who at 15 years of age, a member of the royal family in Jerusalem, was brought into Babylon, into the Chaldean area, to be trained in the ways of the Chaldean to become a member of the wise council to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He wanted the dream interpreted. His wise counselors told him, well, give us the dream. We'll give you the interpretation. He said, no, 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 no. If I give you the dream, you can make up an interpretation. If you can give me the interpretation, you can give me the dream. Well, they said, Nebuchadnezzar, that's never happened before. We can't do that. And he said, you'll do it or I'll cut your head off. I mean, you know, that's kind of final. And I think that uh, Daniel and his three Hebrew buddies, Ananias, Hazariah, and Mishael, are better known probably to you as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're ungodly names. Anyway, um, they must have been Baptist Jews because they were having a prayer meeting and uh, wondering what they were going to do. And God gave Daniel the gift to interpret the dream. And he gave him the dream. And he went into Nebuchadnezzar and he laid out the dream. And then he laid out the interpretation. It's in chapter 2. I want you to notice something about those ten toes. This is part of the interpretation. The ten toes 
talking about those ten kingdoms or units or regions to come. Notice what he says here in verse 44. And in the days of these ten kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Wow. Folks, in those days, we're living in those days. The kingdom that I explained after the second coming, the thousand-year millennial kingdom, before the great white throne judgment, before eternity future, that kingdom will be set up. In those days of those kings, the rapture takes place. The ten entities, whatever they are, come to existence. And out of those horns, the little horn, the Antichrist comes. And that's where we're living. As Rob says, the stage is set. All the actors in place. Curtain about to go up on the final drama. But the rapture must take place first. And at that point, we stand face to face with Jesus Christ immediately for the judgment seat of Christ. That's my prophetic perspective on the news today. Thank you for taking a few moments to study with me this very important issue, the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be an awesome time. I am concerned for myself about that time because, indeed, I want to be honored by the Lord Jesus Christ for those things that I've done in his power and for his glory. Well, this is a study that you need to have the entire study of. I want you to get your copy. The Judgment Seat of Christ is the title of this five-hour audio series. It's a must-study. Go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and then you go over to the mall. You can order your copy of this series, or you can call our toll-free number. Our people here at Prophecy Today will be happy to take your order. The phone number is a toll-free number, 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. Again, that number, 877-674-3298. Call today and make your order of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled The Judgment Seat of Christ, or go to our website, prophecytoday.com. Indeed, as we study this issue, the judgment seat of Christ, it will help us prepare ourselves for this awesome time to take place right after the rapture of the church. And by the way, the rapture of the church can take place at any moment. In fact, before I even finish this sentence. And having said that, then there's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...